High Calling family, this is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. It says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and this is a very important scripture to the DNA of the church. And I'll explain and extrapolate this much more in a second. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' feet and to the fellowship. Say fellowship. All right. To the breaking of bread. Say breaking of bread. And to prayer. Say prayer. Let's talk about that again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. By the way, God still performs signs, wonders, and miracles today. There are Christians that believe what we call cessationists, that 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 was only for a time in the early church. But I cannot be your pastor if that does not exist today. And I am here to testify along with some of you today that you have seen signs and wonders and miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. If that is you, give a Lord, raise a hand right now because I wouldn't be up here if I had not seen that or partook in that. I believe in a God that heals. As we had Pastor Andrew here, I believe in a God that answers specific prayers. I believe I can tell you things where God showed up in my life so specifically, right on target. It could had had it, it could it had to be him. I've seen God and gives us word of wisdoms and just miracles happen. I believe this today. I'm not a cessationalist. Some say a dispensationalist, which is that God is still moving or continuous, they say, in theology, all right, is that God is still moving and performing signs today. It says everyone was filled with awe at, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, and by the way, when we say apostles, this is capital A, say capital A. Capital A, apostle, not lowercase a, apostle. These were the chosen ones to raise up the New Testament early church. And by the way, I know it's cloudy and I know it's a little rainy. It might rain right after service, but don't sleep on me. This is going to be instruction today. Come on, we're getting deep. We want to, how many want to learn a little bit about theology? All right, learn the deep parts of the word. Why? Why do we need this? I went to school for this. I wanted to study this stuff. I had questions, man. I had I seen some stuff, man. Can I say that? <laughs> I seen some stuff. Why do bad things happen to good people? How can I believe in a God like that? What did I do, God, to deserve pain in my life? Why did someone die before me? Why am I struggling? I'm here to tell you today that every question you have is found in this word this morning. Come on, somebody. Every question. The Bible is not intimidated nor God is intimidated by any of your questions. God says, bring them on, baby. Let's go. I can, and by the way, I love that God likes to listen to our questions. Be weary, be wary of a church that does not want to answer questions. Be weary of people of faith who don't want to answer the questions. Why? The Bible talks about, has all the answers to death. It has the answer to depression. It has the answer to sexuality, by the way, which is the an issue of this generation. The Bible talks about the generation that he made male and female. Somebody say amen. Nothing in between, all right? Amen. You guys are starting to scare me for a moment. 
And, and it's not, about, I, I, I have to be, my, my job, I'm not doing my job if I don't speak truth. Oh my goodness, Lord, how, let's, <laughs> all right, I have to speak truth, all right? So, so that's my job, that's my role. We believe in a king who is the king of truth, who is himself the truth, all right? The Bible has all the answers to what you're going through in your marriage, Read Ephesians chapter 5 if you're struggling in your marriage. You're, the Bible will tell you how a man should behave in the relationship. Talking to myself. We should behave as Jesus was to his bride, the church. Every question, and watch this. This is why I feel like the church is, overall, I think our church is actually growing right now. But it's because we have an attitude. Come, bring your questions. Let's go to the Bible and the biblical text. Let's go to God and let's see what he says. As opposed to churches saying, we're not going to go there. We're, we're, we're dealing with a humanity that's so utterly broken and searching that is in need of hope today. Somebody say amen. And the answer and the hope is Jesus Christ. All right. Let's go. Let's keep going into the word. All right. It says they sold property. Or, excuse me. All the apostles, all the believers were together. And there's a distinguishment right there between apostles and believers. All right. All the believers were together. All right. Uh, were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. Every day. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number. So this morning, I want to start a new series because I believe the Lord is directing us in this direction. And the title of my, the, the series today and the next four weeks is Better Together. Can you say that with me? Better together. We are significantly better together because alone we are not. God did not, we were created for community, all right? We were created for community and connection. And let me tell you, Christianity does not work without community. Christianity does not work without community. A lot of times we want to dip in church and we expect to be blessed and we expect for life change. But let me tell you, you can do that at you know, journeys, you could do that at the Santa Anita Mall. You, don't know, you can't do that in church. That's not how it's supposed to work. In the church, we're not called to be consumers. We're called to be cooperators. Come on, y'all. We're called to be cooperators. We're called to get in this together, especially if we believe. And by the way, do you know that there is a community for everything? So over the next few four weeks, I want to talk about better together. I want to talk about uh, how we grow in our faith in community. Let me tell you right now, Bhutang, homie, all right, whatever you want to say, you cannot grow in your faith without nobody. It does not work that way, all right? It does not work that way. But did you know that there's a community for everything? Did you know that? There's a lowrider community. There's a cat community. There's a bird watching community. There is a old lady, old man weaving community. All right? There is a deep sea diving community. All right? There is a spider community. We'll never join that one. All right? I will storm the gates of hell. But I see me a spider, heck no. Oh, no, Lord. I don't know why them, well, I would say I don't know why he made them bugs, but the mosquitoes, I get it. All right? Uh, uh, there, there is a spider community. There is a snake community. 
There's all these communities. But let me tell you something that is essential to your faith and your life is that there's a Christian community. There's a Christian community. And let me tell you, I used to dip in church and dip out all the time. And honestly, I had a love-hate relationship with the church. If I can be honest, can I be honest? I couldn't stand Christians for a while. And I, I shared this. I was so broken and so bruised in my life that I'm like, why are they always singing all the time? I'm just mad. I'm hurt. You know, and I, those are some of the questions I wrestled with. Like I told you, if God is so good, why, what did I do? Why do I deserve this pain? And I'm so thankful that God answered the question, that question in my life. Let me tell you, I don't care if you're a Christian. I don't care if you're not a Christian. You will go through suffering and pain in your life. But for the Christian, there is hope. There is good news. There is resurrection. There is life. Somebody say amen. I don't know what you do without Christ in your suffering. I, li- I believe in a God. He himself has suffered. I don't know that about, that, about Buddha and, and Islam. All right. Our, our, our faith says our Savior suffered, and he teaches a, a way through it. Isn't that good news today? So if you're going through something, and so that's why I couldn't stand Christian. I'm like, why are they always happy and praising and dancing? I see one guy doing jumping jacks and worship. I'm like, I, I, man, what, what does he have that I don't have? He knew Jesus. He knew Jesus. And so I was doing jumping jacks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. He knew Jesus. They could sing through their trials. They could sing through the pain. They could sing through the hurt because everything works out for those who love the Lord. There was, there was, there was, there was an aim for their life. And this, is, this was me on the outside looking in. And as I discovered the faith and as I leaned in and as I surrendered, oh my goodness, I will never go, go back. I will never go back. I'm, I'm, I'm on the up and up to heaven. Somebody say amen. So my, my question to you is, God wants you to grow and develop in your faith. He wants you to grow and develop in your, your gifting, your spiritual gifting, and your calling. But you cannot do that in isolation. You cannot do that um, when a dip in, dip out culture. By the way, we love you if you dip in, and we say keep dipping in. But the goal is for you not to just dip in and dip out. The goal is we want to throw a rope around you and say, come here. No, I'm just kidding. All right. We want to get you engaged and connected. You're here for a reason and a purpose. You need a squad. Say squad. You need a squad. You know, over the, over the you know, I grew up in the 90s. How many love the 90s? Let's go 90s. You know, there's some amazing, oh, look at that. By the way, that's an amazing, look at that picture. Isn't that amazing? Can you give our team an amazing clap? All right. That is an amazing picture, by the way. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We have some um, very famous squads some slash community. Um, Raquel, can you throw up our first squad? You know, this was my squad. Yeah, this was my squad. I, I, I think about Vanilla uh, Ice, who was in the, you know, singing in this movie. Ice, Ice Baby, let's go, all right? Uh, and, it, you know, I know they have the newer versions of the Ninja Turtles, but this is my version right here. All right, I love this. This was my squad growing up. My mom and family could tell you I would, you know, I would be hitting them with swords and throwing ninja stars at them because I wanted to be a ninja turtle. In fact, I was, I was a ninja turtle once for Halloween. All right, let's go to the next squad. This is some of your, some of your squad right here. Yeah, all right, let's give a clap to, to I Love Lucy. All right. By the way, do they have a theme song? I don't remember. Do they have a theme song? Oh, yeah, 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 there we go, there we go. So if you, know, if you know the theme song to this, just go at it, all right? All right, Ricky Ricardo, I love Lucy. This is a great, my wife is, loves this, all right? We watch this, and my kids are watching black and white TV as well, all right? Awesome. All right, let's go to the next squad. 
All right. How many squad is right here? Where's the theme song to this one? Yeah, there we go. You got to help him, Kareem. You got to help him. All right. Awesome. And, and God rest Matthew Perry's soul. All right. Let's go to the next squad. All right. Here we go. Let's go. This is my squad right here. Yeah. Yeah. Man, are you guys awake? Some of you. I, I don't know if you watch TV or you're just the clouds. Or I don't know. All right. I'm giving them some relevance, but, you know, uh, awesome. 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 Who watched this growing up? Man, Mario Lopez has not changed, except it's like, what the heck, drinking like some fountain of youth water? I don't know. All right, great show. I, I, what's the theme song to this one? <laughs> Saved by the Bell, yeah. How'd the first verse go? It, it's, it's all right, because we're saved by the... All right, Ignacio, let's go. <laughs> all right, uh, next slide. Now, this is your squad. We're going to have a deliverance ministry in the name of Jesus. Who is out there watching this show? My wife. All right. We're going to deliver. Man, we need to have a healing, another healing in service. Change it. All right. We're in, we're in church. I think they believe in Jesus. No judgment. Hey, change. All right. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, change. change. All, right. all right. Hey, this is squad right here. Let's go. Golden Girls. Golden Girls right here. How does this theme song go? Thank you for being, I don't know why I know this one. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Dun, dun, dun. What? Dun, confidant. Who knows this one? Sing it. Say it again. Your friend and a confidant. All right. Briseida. Give Briseida a clap. All right. How many of these, these were your homies right here? All right. I, I heard a rumor. The oldest one was the youngest one. That's what I heard. I don't know. Who knows? What? That's an interesting fact, right? Okay. Let's get back to Jesus. All right. Enough worldliness. All right. But you can't do life without community. You can't. I don't know about you, but life is too challenging. Life is too hard. Even if you're not a whether you're Christian or not, it's just too challenging and too tough, and things happen. And, you know, you become a dad. And then, you, you know, uh, how do you do this dad thing? You become a husband. How do you, how do you, you become a wife? How do I do this? And then you become grandparents or, you know, you're in situations or situationships or whatever. How do I do this? You need to do this with community. You need to do this with community. Acts chapter 2 is a beautiful snapshot of what the church ought to be and should look like. like. And I'm afraid that um, I'm so glad I've studied theology, and I want to talk a little theology in church. In fact, one of my um, requirements to, to get my degree in theology and biblical studies was uh, ecclesiology, which is the study of the church. Number one, you cannot have a church if the Holy Spirit is not part of it. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings us together and who works and operates in my life and in your life. And when we come together and we assemble, that's the definition of church. When people say, I, I kind of overheard sometimes in 2020, people say, I am the church. Well, no, you're not. A church is not a me. A church is a we. A church, let me say that. A church is not a me. A church is a we. Do you get that? And anytime you have a me, then it's not church. Well, I'm doing church all by myself. Well, then that's how, you know, the devil goes after those kinds of people, especially. 
He said, I, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do church all by myself and, you know, and, you know, I'm wrapped up in my Bible, you know, and I got, you know, I got, you know, my, my rosary or whatever. I got these, you know, these things. I got a candle going on. You know, the devil says, oh, I got you, baby. Let's go. You know, you're all alone. You know, if you, I love watching Animal Planet with my daughter. We have this thing right now where we watch, you know, animals and, you know, there is one situation where there's a bunch of elephants and you hear the lions roaring in the darkness but there was a, on this, uh, this episode, they showed a night vision, and all of the elephants, they gathered in a circle, and they were facing outward with a young in the middle, saying, no, lions, you ain't coming up in here. No, devil, you ain't coming up in here in our Christian community. No, devil, we are prayed up. No, devil, you have no power or authority over us in Jesus' name. The church is not a me. The church is a we. So we need each other in this life and in this faith. You cannot grow in your Christian walk without other believers. You need other believers who've been down the road, who've been there, done that, who've got overcome addiction, who've learned the word, all right? And that's what has happened here in Acts chapter 2. But I'm afraid that sometimes the modern church or what, let's just say nowadays, we've kind of gotten away from this uh, in the text here, all right? And I believe this is the DNA of the church. There's teaching, there's fellowship, there's breaking of bread, which if we get into the Greek, the breaking of the bread is not just, you know, when we say, hey, let's break bread together, let's eat. No, that, that's not what it means. It actually means communion. They're having communion, all right, and to prayer. You know, uh, I'm kind of going a little bit everywhere in my notes, but, you know, I think what has happened over the course of, especially the last five years, is that the church gets twisted and mucked up a little bit. I said mucked up, by the way. <laughs> uh, is we, let, we let what's out there come in here. We let, out, we let out, out, outside stuff come into the church and divide us. I mean, make something very, make, make a point to you right now. Anytime you see discord and division, it's always the devil. Anytime you see discord and division, it's always the devil's work. That's what he does. God does the opposite. He unites people. He brings people together. And that's what church is, people coming together. Now watch this. In the church, um, it's, yes, we have our differences, but that's not what brings us together. Why we come together is more important than what divides us or what, what differences we share. Do you hear me right now? It's what brings us together that's more important. And what brings us together is that you and I have the same blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I have forgiveness. You and I are under his authority. It's not so much about what divides us, it's what brings us together. Now, let me tell you, the world perpetuates that idea. You know, this person is this color. This person is this socioeconomic status. This person is that sexuality. But in the church, it's not all about that. It's all about him. Come on, somebody say amen. And if we lose that, if you lose this, you lose it all. You lose it all. All right, we're not just a club, all right? We, and by the way, the, the word church means ecclesia, say ecclesia. It almost sounds like the Spanish iglesia, but it comes from the Greek, ecclesia, all right? And this is where I studied in the, in the New Testament, ecclesiology, all right? In fact, it's the prefix ecclesia, ek, ek means out of. The verb also kaleo means called out. So what this means, ecclesia, is that we are the called out ones, 
You, if you are a believer today, now watch this. If you are a believer today, you are part of his ecclesia, all right? It means assembling or gathering, all right? Especially those who believe in Jesus. But watch this. It's, it's us gathering. The gather, the gather that are to get together is because we have been called out of something. Do you see this? We've been called out of something. I'm teaching you right now. You have been called out of this world. Though you are in the world, you are not of this world. And can I just say something for a moment? Where are you going? You're like, nowhere. I'm right here in this church right now. Where are you going in your life? Where, don't do us. Where are you going? I want to make a lot of money. Man, I want the most peaceful life. Man, you know, where are you going? That's not me asking you. This is Jesus. Now watch this. That's a very important question. Well, you know, Jesus, what Jesus does not want for you in your life is to have a backpack and he just goes in your, your backpack and he goes wherever you go. That's not how it works. You're supposed to die to yourself. And you go wherever he goes. See that? If he's going where you go, then you haven't died to yourself. But if you go where he goes daily, then it means you're carrying your cross. And daily I'm dying to myself. I'm dying to my bad attitude. I'm dying to my hurt. I'm dying to my addiction. I'm dying to my pride. I'm dying to my self-interest. I'm dying to just you know, have people serve me. I'm, I'm living to serve people. I'm living to be better like Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying today? So where are you going? Because watch this, too many of us are, are trying, are, excuse me, a lot of us want to go to heaven. Double hands up, yes? We want to go to heaven. But then why are we hanging around people who are not trying to go? Why are you hanging around people who are not trying to go? Oh, he's just a homie, you know what I'm saying? Who, I said this last week. Who, how, what you say will determine where, what your future will be like. In the same way, who you hang out with will determine who you're gonna, where you're going to go. Come on, somebody. When I was 21, I used to play baseball. Man, I love baseball. And we did, you know, we played baseball, you know, we, we, you know, we wanted to talk to the softball team all the time. We went to parties and, you know, clubbers. And man, can I just tell you, I was a believer. And I would go to these parties and I would go to these clubs, you know, and all the while, man, Jesus was in my heart. And he was like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I don't have fun. Just leave me alone. <laughs> you know, just let me be. No, you're, I'm calling you out of that. I'm calling you out of that stuff. Because I have a life better, I have a great life for you. I, I, am, I am life itself. My, follow me and I will show you life. Follow me and I'll give you life. You think those people are living? They're not living, they're dying. I am life itself. If you follow me, you won't be thirsty. Nor, am I preaching to someone this morning? I will never be thirsty or hungry again. So who are you doing life with? Now, I don't know about you, but ever since I got linked up to the church in my early 20s, man, it, it, it had transformed my life and revolutionized my life. It revolutionized my thinking and my habits. It, rev it took away old habits and ugly sins and bad thought life and hurts and pains. Now, I'm talking to someone, you're on the verge. You want Jesus, but you don't want, you don't want the full thing. Let me tell you, just dive in. It will be the best thing that you ever done for yourself. Somebody say amen. Get it? You cannot have Jesus without Jesus people. You need Jesus people to help you show you the way. Somebody say amen. So watch this. The church is the called out ones. It's partly why we're called the calling church. I hear all the time. 
I hear all the time, by the way, I want you to know, I prayed about the name of this church for weeks. I didn't want First Baptist Avenue Church, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's very much taken up. But I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Lord, you you are the one who's going to set the tone of this church. So what are we calling it? And I've shared this story so many times, but I want to share it again. We, we looked at a painting one day on Google, all right, and, and this painting was called The Calling of St. Matthew. And in the painting, Jesus is pointing at Matthew like this, boom, boom. And if you know anything about Matthew, he was not a saint. Matthew was a hated person. Matthew, Matthew worked for the Romans as a tax collector, and tax collectors were despised, and they were evil because they were working for the Romans, and they also were usurping for themselves and putting money in their pockets as well, taking more than they should have. And Israel did not like Matthew, all right? But Jesus comes along one day in this painting, and he's pointing at Matthew, and it's just so significant and strong. He's, he's pointing at him, and in the picture, Matthew's pointing at himself, confused. Like, dude, I know who you are. I've heard about you. You're holy. You're amazing. You're a miracle worker. What do you want to do with me? No one wants anything to do with me. What do you want to do with me? I've chosen you. I'm calling you out of this, and I'm putting you into something. Now, let me talk to someone today. God is calling you out of this world, and he wants to put you in his ecclesia, his assembly, his gathering ones, his saints, his holy ones. Because you have a life of purpose and significance. You are not an accident. You have traits and you have gifts. And you are a somebody in the heavenlies in the name of Jesus Christ. Even though you have struggles or addictions or habits, you are a somebody in Jesus' name. And that should, that, you need to let that sink in and soak your heart this morning. You know, in ancient Greece, there were certain citizens, talking about ecclesia, talking, ecclesia means gathering assembly, all right? And well, watch this. A lot of people don't realize this, but in ancient Greek, there were citizens, specific citizens in Greece. And this is a Greek term, ecclesia, all right? They were chosen to come together, not the whole society. There were selected few of the society to come together. And when they came together in Greece, in ancient Greece, they came together to, watch, watch this, to come together to enact laws, to, to make legislature. They came to, to make laws and enact, enact laws for the rest of the city's affairs. Now, what happens when Christians come together? We don't come in here just to sing kumbaya, all right? We come in here to legislate. We come in here in agreement and in power in the name of Jesus where signs, wonders, and miracles can happen, where demons are defeated. Come on, somebody. Where the atmosphere changes. There is power when we come together. There is no other entity, not McDonald's, not IBM, not Chick-fil-A, no other entity in the entire globe but the church of Christ that has a power like we do. But the quick kicker is, do we believe it? Are we after it? Come on, somebody say amen. You out there today. All right. We, we are the called out ones. All right. And we cannot be shy about that. And, and going back to the scripture, it says they, they devoted themselves to teaching. Is that time already? Whoa. All right, I'm going to try to do. Oh, my gosh, is that time already? 30 more minutes. No, put it on the clock. I'm doing some teaching, and this is, this is going to be a four-part series, so you got to come back. Because you're learning about church. You need to learn about church. You need to learn about your history. You need to learn about your history. Saints have died at the stake and burned as martyrs so that we could be here today, so to speak. 
so that the Bible, so you could even have the Bible in your own hands. People have died so that you could just have the Bible in your own hands. Did you know that? We need to learn our history. And I suspect, you know, I went through this in my life, that a lot of times we look at church and we say, oh, those people. Those people, the world mocks us. And sometimes they mock us for a good reason. When we're not acting, who, when we're not being who we truly are, then I get it. But for, a lot of, for some of us, some of us watching online, we go, oh, those people. Now, I don't want any part of that club. They're, they're, they can be fake, phony, right, if I'm honest. And there are churches out there like, that are like that. Maybe we've been hurt by church. Maybe the pastor hurt us. Maybe someone in church hurt us. But it does not, it does not um, get us away from what the truth of church is. Let me tell you something. Church is not a man's idea. Church is God's idea. Let me say that again. Church is not man's idea. Man did not invent this. God invented church. It is God's idea to change the world through the church. Somebody say amen. And let me tell you, the church is not the building. It's not the steeple. It's not the pew. The church is God and his people. All right? The church is God and his people. And some of us, we're hurt by church. But let me just say something to you. I don't care if a hospital hurts you. If you broke your arm, take me to the hospital. Amen? If I'm hurt and I'm broken, you know, I might not go to that hospital anymore, but take me to the doctor, right? The church, uh, you might be hurt in the church. Something might have happened in the past in the church, but it does not, um, it does not mean that this is not God's answer. It is God's answer. And watch this. When it's done the right thing, right way, powerful things happen. Healings happen, lives are changed, communities are changed in Jesus' name. You're saying, Pastor Michael, your series is about better together. Well, I'm a little afraid to get into community because I've been in community before. Let me tell you, homie, regardless of a church community, any community has the potential to hurt you. Any, any, don't get married. You're going to get hurt, <laughs> all right? And hurt again and again and again. But you need to forgive, forgive and forgive again, all right? So I want to sh share with you today that you, your growth will only go so far um, as, you, uh, as, as deep are you, you are in your community. You won't grow without community. Why? We need to pray for each other. We need to encourage one another. That's why we need to come together. For, so the Bible says for teaching. Let me just touch on this for a moment. Say teaching. The word in the Greek means doctrine, and I can't tell you how significant this is today. Doctrine, know your doctrine, the Bible says. Why know your doctrine? Why know the teaching of Jesus? And this is what they submitted themselves under, is the teachings of Christ Jesus, all right, and the teachings of the apostles, the teachings of his life, his death, and his resurrection, all right? Why is that important today? Why? Because the world is going to try to brainwash you. The world is going to try to make you look like them. The world is going to try to uh, persuade you to do this and to do that. But I don't know about you. I cannot, I don't think you can be a Christian without having a biblical worldview. If you want to know what God thinks, this is his word. We got to know what he teaches, what he, what he says about his word, about love, about life, about death. Uh, so that's what they came around as they learned about his word. And let me tell you, like I said before, every question that you are dealing with is in the Bible. All right? Where else are you going to go? Don't go to tarot cards. Don't go to sidekicks. All right? And by the way, all they want is your money. Somebody say amen, right? 
Don't, don't go to clubs. That's not the answer. Go to God, Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. And here's my last point, and then we'll, we'll land this plane. Jeremy, you can help me out here. All right. It says this. All right. My second point is this. If you want to break out of old cycles, you've got to get into new circles. Let me say that again. In order to break out of old, you know, life can be a cycle, and it can be a pattern that's broken. It can be just on repeat. You get up in the morning, you're depressed. You get up, things aren't going well at the job. You get up, you talk to yourself bad. It's just repeat every single day. Or you're with the wrong people going in the wrong direction who are nothing to do with heaven, nothing to do with Christ, and they don't want to go there. But watch this. In order, in, in order to break out of the old mold and old cycles, it means you've got to get in new circles. You have to get into new circles. All right? When we, when we have a people in our life who are going the direction we hope to go in, all right? That's really, really vital and important to our growth. By the way, who are you doing life with? Who are you doing life with? You know, let me just say this too. We're not doing church the New Testament way or Acts chapter 2 way. We're not doing it this way. You know, I don't mean to get in our face, but I want to teach us. We're not doing church the right way. If all we do is come together and sing and greet each other and go home, that's not church. That's not church. The New Testament church is that they had fellowship. They knew each other's names. And I want to practice this with us before we go today. So I'm going to challenge us to break out of our shell. I want us actually for a few minutes to start meeting people here. Because you need to know someone's name. You need to know someone's story. You need, to know, you need to know how you could pray for each other. I am so happy that God had called me to start this church. You know why? Because one of the most amazing things that I've just been able to uh, be part of in this church is your lives. I've been, I've, been, I've been able to go to hospital rooms and pray for the sick. I've been, go to, I've been able to go to um, uh, hospital rooms where, 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 where a couple is just birthing their first ch- child to pray for the child. I've been able to, to, to do wedding ceremonies and funerals. I've been able to just enrich. Being part of your life has made my life so much richer. And when you look at a forest, what you see on the surface is beautiful, green, tall trees, healthy trees. But it's not just, it's what's going on under the surface that makes them so amazing and wonderful. Under the surface, there's rich soil where they're interconnected and they're interwoven and they're feeding off each other. They're strengthening each other, so to speak. They're encouraging each other, so to speak. They're letting each other know, hey, when the winds come, we got you by these roots. Somebody say amen. All right. That's the same thing for us Christians. We need to be interconnected, interwoven. That's the New Testament church. We need to go to each other's birthday parties. You know, if I'm going to be straight, real, you're going to find some of the best friends that you've ever had in your life at this church. You really are. Somebody say amen. All right, that's true. All right, yes, you give the Lord a clap for that. It's going to be, that is true. All right. You're going to, you're, you're going to meet some people who are just like, wow, man, I just, I love being around you. You're an awesome friend. You encourage your life giving. All right. Some, some people are not going to be your cup of tea, and that's okay. That's okay. All right. Can we say that's Okay. Some of you are here, not, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> I'm just kidding, you, but that's okay, but, but we need to do life together, we need to go to birthday parties together, we need to pray for one another, we need to have coffee down the street together, we need to, this is what the New Testament, we need to come together and break bread together, come on somebody, all right, we're not called to just dip in and dip out, that's a, not exactly what the New Testament church looked like, it looks like they did life together, 
you know, I share about my dad all the time. And um, at the end of his life, he passed away in 2010, a day before Easter. And um, my, God had, my dad had lived a very terrible life. He, he, he did a lot of bad things. He hurt himself a lot. And, uh, you know, he just, that was his choice. God loved him and gave him a second chance. And when he was dying, um, you know, during his life before he got sick, he was always running around with the homies. Always running around the homies. Always. You know. And I think that, honestly, gangs are counterfeit church. I think bars are counterfeit church. I think just these other clubs are counterfeit church. Why, you know, what they have is not just their product. It's the community. It's the commodity. And that's what church is supposed to be in the name of Jesus, right? That's what we're called to be. But my dad was running around with the homies. Can I tell you something? When my dad was going through cancer, not one homie showed up. Not one homie showed up. And my dad should have died on the hardest streets in Pomona and Baldwin Park. But, you know, by God's grace, he let him live and I got to see my dad's passing. And at his passing, because we invested ourselves in the church, we, we went to church, we, we, you know, we prayed together, we met people together. You know who was at his bedside when he passed away? The pastor, pastor's family, pastor's wife, friends and ministry leaders. Church, and fa- church people and family surrounded his deathbed to, to wish him well into the next life. Let me tell you. You need church people and you need Jesus people in your life. And I mean, not everybody's perfect. I'll tell you that. Not every Jesus person is perfect. But let me tell you, we do care. We care about you. And watch this. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. The Bible says to carry each other's burdens, to lift one another up. There's going to be times. How many of you know that the, we are called to bear our cross and die to ourselves? But how many of you know that cross is heavy? That cross is heavy. Let me tell you something. Let me land this plane. Even Jesus. Now, this is, this is interesting. Even Jesus needed help carrying his own cross. Read it in the Bible. He needed help. At one point, he couldn't carry his cross anymore. It's too heavy. He was too hurt. He was too broken. He was too bruised. They said, hey, you got to come here, help him. He's like, I don't want to help. What, I have nothing to do with this, you know. The Romans were scary to him. But someone had to help him up and carry his cross. Can we, can we be a church that helps each other carry our crosses? Can we be a church that helps each Come on, somebody. Can we be a church that helps each other with our struggles can we, not, can we not shame each other and look down upon each other? And We're all humans in our own right, but we're called to be the church and to be interwoven, interconnected, to encourage one another in the name of Jesus Christ. And if we're really going to make a difference in our community, in our region, we have, to, we have to be the example of this in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen, amen, and amen. I want to thank my church that they're, my pastor is, you know, pastor... Uh, my associate pastors, Ronnie and Martin, whenever I needed them, they've always been there for me. Whenever I needed them, they've always answered their phone. Whenever I needed some marital advice, they've been down that road a lot longer than I, they've called me. They've listened to Kareem. I'm so thankful for the other pastors in my life that are in my community. Say, hey, I've been doing this for 60 years. Here's some advice. Here's some wisdom. If you are going through something today, come on, somebody, let's help each other up and not shame each other, embarrass each other, but say, I've been there. You're going to get through this too. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's start developing new circles. And by the way, watch this. If you don't have someone speaking life into you, if you don't have someone encouraging you, if your group is not, uh, is not uh, helping you go to heaven, so to speak, all right, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. You have a cage. 
and it's time to update. And, and I'm not trying to say that every friend you should drop like it's hot. No, don't do that. All right. But I'm telling you, be wise. Be wise because what you say will determine your future and who you hang out with will determine your future. And like my father, take an inventory of who's going to actually be there when you need them. Somebody say amen. The church will be there in Jesus' name. I've seen it time and time again. I'm so grateful for the church in my life. Because, it was, because of the church, uh, I've been healed. Because of the church, I've grown into my skill. I've grown into my, my gifting, my calling. I'm in my purpose and my destiny. I've met my wife. I've met my family. All because God put me with his people. Somebody say amen. You out there today. So the missing link between you and where God wants you to go is his people. Let me say that again. The missing link between you and where God wants you to go is his people. And in this community, God wants you to find your people. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a clap. So good. Amen? We're talking about church. Church, church, church. And, and actually, let me say this. Ephesians, we don't have this for the screen. That's my fault. But watch this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. God chose us. He chose us. You think you chose God? You didn't surprise God. If you surprised God, he wouldn't be God. He chose you, and he chose you. God chose us to be in relationship with him even before he laid out the plans of the world. He wanted us to live holy lives characterized by love, free from sin, and blameless before him. He destined us to be adopted as his children through the covenant of Jesus, the anointed, and inaugurated in his sacrificial life. This was his pleasure and his will for us. Now watch this. You're not here by accident. God chose you out of the world to put you, into his, to put you with his people. He chose you. you are, he chose you on purpose. Just let that sink in. The world might have thrown you away. Your own family might have thrown you away. People might have thrown you away. But God did not. He chose you to be part of his family, his forever family called the saints, called Christians in the name of Jesus. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed as we wrap up this morning? Better together, better together. Lord, we just say thank you so much for your church. We thank you, Lord, because the church is your answer to a hurting world and a broken society and a society, honestly, Lord, right now that is lawless, that is lawless. Your, your church brings order your church tells the world what is right and wrong. Not because we are morally upright or righteous or holier than thou, but because you are, Lord. We're living up to your standard, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your church is powerful, most importantly, because it's empowered by your spirit. And we say thank you, Lord, because you are doing something in this church. You are forming us. You are bringing us together. We don't look the same, all right? And I love that. We come from different backgrounds and countries and economic statuses. God, we are the work of your hands. This church is the work of your hands. And we glorify you and we honor you. But I pray, God, that we would have the courage to step into our destiny and our calling. I pray, Lord, that um, as we begin life groups this month, that we would have the courage to jump into new circles. In Jesus' name. I pray, God, like Paul, he had Barnabas. Like Moses, he had Joshua. I pray that we would find the people that is the link to our destiny in this house in the name of Jesus. And my prayer, Lord, 
is that this, this community, Pasadena, Alhambra, Duarte, uh, uh, South Pass, Almani, Lord, Arcadia, that, that, that people outside of this church will find a home in your church here to be loved on, cared for, supported, and encouraged, and given answers and healing all in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, church, I want to pivot for a moment, and I, I want to ask you this very important question. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're brand new. Maybe you've been going to church for a while. Maybe you're brand new to the faith. You don't know God and you're here because you want to know God. I have a question for you. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? I'm not asking if you know about him, but I'm asking, do you know him personally? Have you accepted him in your heart? And do you have a right relationship with God? What does that mean, a right relationship? That means that we are, a, we are all sinners and we've fallen short of the glory of God. And that means that on judgment day, everyone will have to give an account for their life. Some people will stand before God and they, God will say, I never knew you. But God wants to know you today. He loves you and he's chosen you. But the thing is that God will not come into your heart if you don't allow him in. He won't, he won't kick your, the, the door of your heart down. He's a gentleman and he's so kind. And he's saying to you, I want to help you. I want to love you. And I want you to live this life and this adventure of faith with me. I'm the savior of your life. And with me, your sins will be forgiven. You'll have a hope, a purpose, and a destiny forever. So here's the thing. Do you know him? Let him in your heart today. He might, he's probably knocking on the door of your heart right now. If that's you, even if it's only you, one of you, the angels in heaven will rejoice for one person coming home to Jesus. So I have a question for you. Do you know him? What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask for a little courage. On the count of three, no one's watching online. If this is you, connect with your host. But if, uh, if that's you, raise your hand so I can pray with you. We're going to pray together, actually. Just raise your hand. Be bold in this place. Don't be discouraged. Be bold in this place. We're going to celebrate you, honor you. You're going to become a brother and sister in the faith. So if that's you, here we go. On the count of three, I'm not going to ask for your number, your, your, your email, nothing like that. I just want to pray a prayer with you and welcome you. To the, to the family of God. So here we go. Ready? I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to get my life right with him, and I want my sins forgiven. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Anyone in the house? I want to give my life to Jesus. Amen, amen. So powerful. Amen. So good. So, so good. Awesome. Awesome. I see you there. So proud of you. You can put your hand down. So, so good. Amen, amen. I see you in the back. So powerful. Awesome. The lights are a little... Right, so that's why it's hard. You can put your hand down back there. Okay, what I'm going to do now is do something. I'm going to trick you a little bit. <laughs> Heads bowed, eyes closed still. For those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to be bold. I'm going to ask you to be very bold. In this place, you're not going to be shamed. But the Bible says this. If you stand for, me before my, uh, stand for me before man, look at this. Jesus says this. I will stand um, for you before my father. And if you don't make a stand in the house of God, you will not make a stand for God in the world where they'll mock you and ridicule you. But here we will celebrate you and thank God for you choosing Jesus today. So on the count of three, what we're going to do is I want you to be bold and I want you to stand up for Jesus. And what we're all going to do as a community is we're going to stand symbolizing that you are brother and our sister in Christ Jesus. Can we do that? Here we go. I want you to stand for Jesus. Those of you that raise your hand, we're going to celebrate you and honor you and just 
You got it. Clap for you. Here we go. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Just make a stand for Jesus. Come on. Make a stand for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand with them. Let's stand with them. So good. Come on, church. Let's all rise with them. Awesome, awesome. Give the Lord a clap, y'all. Come on. This is huge. This is big. Let's not, let's not shy away from that. That's powerful, 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 powerful. I'm so proud of you guys for making a stand for Jesus. That's the most important thing you can do with your life. Let me tell you, eternity is way long. Life is this small compared to eternity. And God, for those of you that were making a stand or even raised your hand, all right, God stands for you, all right, before his father. Can you say this prayer? Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I believe I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Lord, come into my heart. Make me new. I want to surrender. I surrender, actually, to you. Take over the keys to my life and have your way. I don't want you to follow me. I want to follow you and go wherever you go. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Give the Lord a clap so powerful. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.